Hello, and welcome to another VS Code live event. I'm your host, Brian Clark, and I'll be guiding you through today's session. And boy, do we have some fun for you. But as usual, some quick reminders. We are recording these, so if you can't watch them live and you don't get the chance to participate with some questions there, they will be uploaded to the VS Code YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash code. Uh, the VS Code team is also on TikTok, so if you want to find some fun and unique ways to engage with the VS Code team there, you can go to tiktok.com slash at VS Code. There's some fun and entertaining stuff there that you might enjoy. In addition to that, for these events, we, are, we do have a meetup group that you can sign up for and get reminders that way, so you never miss a future live event from the VS Code team. So if you head over to meetup.com, you can find the link there. It'll also be in the video description as well, so you can get access to that. now. Jumping into today, into this session, we have some interesting stuff for you. Did you know that you can use all kinds of programming languages in VS Code? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But what you're going to find out today is that you can program with Go in VS Code. And today, to help us understand that better, we have Susie, who's going to be talking to us about how we can get started. Hey, Susie. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So tell us a little bit more about Go, and uh, I'll let you take it away. Okay, yeah, thanks. Um, so I'm going to start off um, just kind of introducing you to Go. And if you've never heard of Go before, it is an open source programming language that makes it easy to build simple, reliable, and efficient software. And it has rich built-in concurrency support. Um, Go is great for a variety of different applications, including um, cloud network services and web development. If you want to learn more about getting started with Go, um, you can go to go.dev slash learn and find some resources there for um, getting started with Go. If you want to be programming in Go in VS Code, uh, we have the VS Code Go extension. Um, this is uses open source Go tools to provide language and debugging features for you when you're developing um, Go projects in VS Code. And this is maintained by the Go team at Google. Um, and I'm a software engineer on that team. Um, we have some exciting new things happening in the extension recently. Um, so in 2021, um, earlier this year, we enabled the Go language server, um, also known as GoPlease, um, by default. Uh, so this provides most of the language tools. Um, so completion, auto completion, um, and many other features that you'll see in my demo later in this presentation. And then the other updates we have are we're currently working hard on debugging improvements. So we are currently working on a debug adapter that is written in Go. So this is going to provide native um, debug adapter protocol um, implementation within the Delve repository, which is the Go debugger. With that as the intro, I'm going to go ahead and get started with the demo. Um, and with this demo, I'm going to assume some familiarity with VS Code, but if you want to follow along and see how I'm getting to different parts of the VS Code UI, I do have the um, screencast on so you can see what shortcuts I'm using to, for example, open the command prompt. So I'm starting a new Go project. So the first thing I want to do here is to initialize my go.mod. And so what this go.mod is, is a file that defines the mo a module. And so a module in Go is essentially just a group of packages 
that can be versioned together. So this is the Go solution to um, package management. So the name of the module, I enter here in this command, um, and this is usually just where your code lives on the internet. So once I've run that command, it's going to create this go.mod file for me, which includes that module name that I entered and the version of Go that I'm developing in. Uh, and you can see that this matches this um, item in the menu bar at the bottom. I have this code lens at the top and I'm gonna go ahead and click it. And what this code lens does is it checks my, this workspace that I'm working in and make sure that I have all of the dependencies um, that I rely on defined. And so there's already some code in this project. So that relies on this tools module. So it's added that dependency for me. Um, now later, if I want to manage my dependencies, I can come here and upgrade these dependencies and make different changes that way. So now that I have my project set up, I want to go ahead and um, start writing some code. So I have this um, file here, my project called hello.txt, and I have a string in this file. And what I wanna do is I want to reverse this string. Um, pretty simple, but we're gonna take it, we're gonna um, write the code to reverse the contents of this file, and then we're gonna go and debug and test. Um, we're gonna te test um, the function and debug it. Um, so I want to define, I know somewhere in my project, I have a function for reversing string contents. So I'm going to use symbol search to look for this function. So I type in reverse and I see that I have this defined in my module in this string util package. So I'm gonna go ahead and click on that and that's gonna take me to this file where reverse is defined. Now I can go ahead and define my function. So I'm gonna write the function signature. Um, and as I'm doing this, I'm going to be accepting um, some of the completions that get provided by the extension. So for example, here, string is the first completion, which is what I want to use as this argument type. So I'm going to accept that. And I want this to return a string, which is gonna be the reverse contents and an error, because I might have an error when reading in the file. All right, the first thing I'm gonna do is read in the file contents here. Um, and so at this point, I need want to um, use a function from a different package that's going to allow me to read in the file content. So this is going to come from the OS package. And so I type in the OS, the name of that package, which is included um, with the standard library. So it's included in every Go distribution. And I'm going to select this read file completion item. And when I accepted that, since OS is from a different package, we need to include that as an import. And the extension added this import at the top of my file already for me. So I don't have to go up to the top, add the import, and then come back. So I'm going to go ahead and trigger completion here. One second. And the first thing that's going to be suggested is file name, which is um, exactly what I want to use. So I'm going to go ahead and accept that completion. 
Now I'm not super confident about what this read file um, uh, function did. I need to double check that all of my assumptions I've made about it are correct. So if I hover over read file, I'm gonna get this the documentation information. So it's gonna tell me that a successful call returns a nil error, um, which is good to know. And if I wanna read more about it, I can open the uh, documentation on this package.go.dev site, and I can see all of this information. And if, for example, I didn't know about this function already, so I already knew that OS had this read file function, I could come to package.go.dev and I could then search for a package that would provide this functionality for me. So this is a great place to discover packages to include into your Go projects. So I'm gonna go ahead and come back to VS Code. Um, and before I continue, I'm gonna point out that these, these red underlines that are happening here, so these are diagnostics that also are coming from the Go to extension. And so they're telling me that there are um, some com compile compiler errors. So if I, I'm going to open the problems view so we can see all of these errors that I have in this project right now. And we can see that they're all just um, that I haven't used this variable that I've declared or that I haven't written a return statement yet. And those are things that I'm expecting. I plan to complete writing this function. So I'm just going to go ahead and ignore those for now. So the first thing I want to do now that I've read in my file is to handle the error. Um, so I'm going to trigger a completion here, and I'm going to get this first completion item that is to help me handle the error. Um, this is a common Go idiom where you you check if the error is non-nil, and if it is non-nil, then you're going to return the error. So this has filled in the default value for the string for me and returned the error. So I was able to handle that error super quickly. Um, and move on with writing this function. So the next thing I want to do is to just reverse the contents of the file. Um, so I'm going to return, I'm gonna you know, use this completion I have here, and then I want to return the reverse of contents. So I'm gonna hit enter. And this completion actually um, did the conversion to a string for me, so contents, I have it here, you can see was a byte slice, um, but reverse accepted a string. So it added this conversion so that I could have the right um, type being passed to reverse. And if I look at this diagnostic here, um, I can see that I have the wrong number of return values. Um, and then I can see that there's a quick fix available. I can see that either with this lightning bulb on the left, or I can trigger it with um, command period. And then it shows me the name of the quick fix, which is here, I'll make it big, is fill in return values. So I'm gonna go ahead and select that and it's gonna fill in the rest of my return values for me so that I have the right number of um, return values. So now that I've written this function, I wanna test it. So the first thing I'm gonna do is to go to the command prompt again, and I'm going to run this command that's going to allow me to generate unit tests for the function that I'm on. So you can see there's a, a few other generate um, commands that I could use in different scenarios. So now that I've selected um, the generate unit test, I can come here and see that it's generated all of this code for me. So this may be a little overwhelming, 
at first, but what this basically is, is it's a table-driven test where all you have to do is specify each test case with the inputs and what we expect to get um, from back from the function. And so we can just specify the test cases we want, and then the code that was generated will check that we got the desired output. So I'm going to go ahead and replace this to do with the test case. Um, so I, again, I see this lightning light bulb here. Um, and so this quick fix is to fill the struct. So it's going to go ahead and fill in all the fields for me with default values that I can just go ahead and fill in now. So I'm going to give this test case a name, hello. I'm going to use that same fill struct um, quick fix to get the file name here. So this, my file is at txt and then I want to get hello world back from that reverse function. Now that I've written my tests, I want to run my tests. One way to do that is to use these code lenses that are at the top above every test function. Um, so these also appear above benchmarks as well um, to benchmark your code, your Go code. Um, and so I can choose either to run the test or to run the test through the debugger. Um, and so I'm gonna choose to use the debug test code lens for now because um, if my program crashes in some way, the debugger is gonna catch that and then allow me to inspect the state um, at the right before it crashed. So I'm going to use that. Okay, so now a bunch of things happened on screen. I'm gonna quickly explain what all the different things are. Here on the left pane, we have this debug view, so where we can view our variables, the call stack, um, and a watch panel. And then below we have the debug console, so this is where we would see output from the test. And in our source, we can see that, in fact, our program did have a um, crash and was, or was panicking. Um, so we have this pane that gives us the reason. So we see that we had the index out of range error and it has the call stack. Another place to look at for the call stack that would then allow me to inspect the variables at different frames is over here in this debug view. So if I go to the debug view, I have all of the Go routines that are currently running. Um, so these are the green light threads that um, are used in Go. Um, and so the currently selected thread has this asterisk here. Um, and I can see that this is also the Go routine that was panicking. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and remove watch so we can see that a little easier. Um, and go up to the stack frame that was actually within my package, string util. So I can see um, the line of code that this happened on. Um, I can look at the locals um, by expanding this and I can see that I had J is 12, so this is promising. This, we had an index out of range error um, and I was zero. And if I look at this code, this happened right at the beginning of when I defined I and J, we had zero and 12. So I can see that I, I should have had J start at 
the length of r in minus one and not at the length of r. So I'm gonna stop this debug session and make that fix. And now I want to rerun that test case. So I'm going to use another command um, called debug previous. So that's just gonna debug the last test that I ran or that I debugged. So we didn't stop or have an error. So I can look, look at the output. Um, we're no longer panicking, but we are still not getting the result we wanted. So now I'm gonna go ahead and try to debug what actually happened. Um, so I'm gonna set some breakpoints to do that. The first breakpoint I'm gonna set is just at the beginning. If I had multiple test cases, this would be one way to um, stop at the correct subtest um, is to set a breakpoint here. And then I'm gonna make this a conditional breakpoint so I can edit this breakpoint and then set an expression so that it will only stop if this expression is true. So I'm gonna do if the name of this test case is hello. And then I also wanna set another um, breakpoint. Um, and so I'm gonna set one, a function breakpoint. So if I go here, I can add a function to break on. So I'm going to set this breakpoint at reverse because this is where like the heart of um, what we're trying to do is. So I'm going to set a breakpoint there so I can inspect the state at that point. Now that I've set my two breakpoints, um, I think they're in good places. I'm going to go ahead and rerun that debug test. So first we've stopped at that first breakpoint that I set. I can look at the variables and see that the name is in fact hello. I expect it to be hello world. So everything kind of looks right at this point. So I'm gonna resume execution by using this um, menu at the top. So I'm gonna hit this continue button. And so now we've continued to our second breakpoint. Um, and we can see the different arguments. Uh, there's currently no locals defined yet. I'm going to take another step so we can look. Um, I'm going to make this call stack a little smaller so we can focus on the variables pane. And and see that R is the rune slice representation of S. Um, and I can't personally read rune slices. I don't know which um, character 100 is. So I'm going to go ahead and use the debug console to convert that to a string. So now I can see that I can, I've evaluated this expression and I get the string representation of R. Um, so that's useful and I actually wanna keep looking at that every time I um, stop. So I'm gonna add this expression to the watch panel so I can um, see what it is at every stop. This get re this get the watch panel gets refreshed at every stop, um, and I could also um, add the a variable to watch. So if I wanted to add R, this also can get added to the watch panel by just right clicking and adding it. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start stepping through and see if I can figure out what went wrong. So the first thing we did is um, we were trying to swap the two letters, and but instead of swapping them, we ended up with the 
um, H at the front, but the um, D didn't end up at the back. And so for stepping really quickly, it's pretty clear to see that I have a bug in this line of code where I'm assigning RJ to RI twice instead of swapping them. So I can now make the fix to this um, by changing this to be J. And now actually I see this yellow line here. So this is a um, lint diagnostic. So this is something that wouldn't break my code. My code would still compile, but it's warning me that I probably have the bug here. So in this case, the bug that it's warning me about is that I have RJ um, being assigned to RJ. So once I make the proper fix to swap them, that di lint diagnostic goes away. All right, so I've made this um, test. So I'm gonna go ahead now. I think it's all done. Um, like I think everything's ready. So I actually want to run the tests for the entire package. So there's code lenses at the top of my test file to do that. So I'm going to select the run package tests. And I can see the output. So I also have test coverage turned on. So when I run the test, it tells me how much of my code in my package I've executed. So in this case, I've executed 87.5% of statements um, and all of them passed, um, all of the tests passed. So that's good. If I want to see which lines I covered, I can go to the source file and see that the lines in green are the ones that I hit and the lines in red are the ones that I did not. So in this case, it's this case where we have would have an error reading in the file. So I might wanna add a test case that would allow me to um, test that flow of execution as well. Um, but there we have it. We've kind of, we've gone through um, starting a project uh, through writing tests and debugging those tests. Um, so I'm going to head back to my slides to show how to get started with all this. Um, if you wanna see more features, so this was just a small subset of features um, that the extension provides. Like you could see when I searched for the generate te unit tests for function, there were a bunch of other uh, features that I could have used as well. Um, if you want a full list of these features, you can go to our documentation on GitHub um, and see all of the different features that the extension provides. And now I'm gonna quickly go through how to make sure that your VS Code setup is all set up so you can write great Go code. Uh, the first thing you wanna do, of course, is to install the Go extension. Um, there are actually two versions of the Go extension, Go and Go Nightly. Um, I was using Go Nightly in this demo. So this includes preview features um, that we're working on. So for example, the debugging features are, um, the new debugging features are being um, previewed through the Go Nightly. So they're turned on by default in Go Nightly and it, they're po possible to use through the regular Go extension um, with configuration. But if you just wanna get the newest features when um, we think they're ready, you can use Go Nightly and, you know, get early access to some great features. Um, and with either of these extensions, um, it will prompt you to install the necessary tools. So you don't have to worry about remembering that 
um, you need go please or delve, um, the extension will take care of prompting you to install those tools. And that's all I have for right now. That was excellent, Susie. Thank you so much. As as someone that's also, you know, that's new to Go, this is like a great like introduction to it and to see how VS Code helps me as a new developer with Go and all the features that are available to it. So some questions for you if you, if you got some time. How about, yeah, definitely. Okay. So one from the chat was um, when you were showing that testing and the test coverage, um, mm -hmm. how does that line code coverage work? Like, would you maybe be able to describe, is that built in? Is that something that comes with the Go extension that just is provided? Or is there something else that they need to enable to do that? Um, it's something that's provided with the Go extension. Um, so if you have the Go extension installed, um, the way to enable the coverage is to, there's a command go toggle test coverage, and that will enable the test coverage. So you can turn that on and off um, as you see fit. Like, so if you don't want it there later, you can just easily make it go away. Excellent, that's great to hear. Um, the, you know, the, the usual question you might get quite a bit that I wanna make sure we get out of the way too is, what theme were you using? <laughs> um, I was using the high contrast theme. Right, yeah. and that, that one's built into VS Code, right? No one yeah. We don't need to install an extra theme yeah. for that one. So that's great. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, of course. Um, and then you mentioned Linter a few mm -hmm. times. So for folks that maybe aren't familiar with what that's about, well, it seems like yeah. it comes built in with the Go extension, but what does a Linter provide feature-wise for developers in general? Yeah, yeah a Linter will provide, um, like Lint and Vet tools will provide, um, you know, diagnostics or ideas of like how you can improve your code that aren't necessarily breaking your code. So you're gonna get errors that if your code's not gonna be able to compile, but then there's another class of errors of you're using, or like in my case, like I probably had a bug in my code um, or in other cases where you're just not using good style. Um, and these are, yeah, so that's what those Lint and Vec tools provide. Um, and those are also included with the Go extension provided by Go, please, yeah. Gotcha, that's super helpful. And speaking of like th that bug that you were going through, I had never heard of the term rune slices before. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Is that is that something specific to Go or is that um a Yeah, I think runes are like characters essentially okay. in Go. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and slices are like a list type um yeah, data structure in Go as well. Yeah. Cool. The so other like, thing that Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. The other thing that came to mind, um, a lot of times my questions are derived from my background and experience. So um, mm -hmm. my background is coming from Node, and I know that there's a, another project called Deno that seems to do the importing of other libraries, very similar to what Go is doing there. So could you maybe describe that a bit more in terms of uh, like what exactly is happening there when we have other libraries or packages, dependencies that we're pulling into these projects like that? Is it It's URL-based, it seems like, right? So is that something you install, or how does that work? Yeah, so this is a little complicated, so I'm not going to, I mean, get all the way into it. But um, so, for example, the package that I included was um, part of the standard library. So this comes with all, um, all Go distributions, so I didn't have to do any extra installing of libraries. But if I was to use a package that, for example, you wrote on your GitHub, Brian, then I would have to install that package. And then that would show also show up in my go.mod, like included as a dependency in my project. And then I could use 
uh, the packages that you've written in my code as well. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. It's really, really interesting to see all this. And I thank you so much for your time to, uh, you know, get us, give us this introduction on how we can use Go in VS Code. Yeah, of course. All right, folks, that does it for this session. I want to thank Susie again and the folks in the production crew that are helping make these happen. We hope you enjoyed it and got some value out of today's session. If you missed any part of it, you want to go back and reference some things. Again, these are recorded. They'll be up on the Visual Studio Code YouTube account. Go to youtube.com slash code. You'll have access to it there. For future events, don't forget to go to meetup.com and sign up for the meetup group there that we have that will get you prepared for all the future events and the schedules. I saw somebody in the chat asking about schedules for live streams, particularly around VS Code. Meetup.com will help you out there with that kind of thing. And uh, last but not least, there's some fun stuff going on on TikTok, tiktok.com slash at VS Code. So you can have some fun ways to engage with the VS Code team there as well. Thank you all so much for watching. Hope you have a good day wherever you are in the world. Happy coding. <laughs>